0: Praise God! Wonderful testimonies. God is good. You know, um, I have to begin this message by confirming what God has, um, what God has established already this weekend, and um, I knew that I was going to be speaking this morning on the power of God, the, the dunamis power of God. And um, I, uh, I came, we came to pray yesterday morning, and so many of you, um, whether you were able to be here or wherever you were, you contributed uh, words that God was sharing with you as a result of your prayer time. And this morning, um, I read through some of those as Nancy submitted them uh, to me. And I noticed that um, one of the passages that I was sure that I was going to be referring to today uh, was submitted by one of the prophets in this house yesterday. And it was that passage on the power of God being present to heal. And then today, Mark came up and he talked about that same passage. And I knew that that was going to be one of the things that we touch on. And Try to uh, illuminate for us today, and so I think in the mouth of three witnesses that was definitively uh, confirmed here, and um, I'm I'm very grateful for that. So let's let's just talk in a very simple way about what this dimension of the power of God is in the Scripture, not my opinion, but in the Scripture. You know, people think about power and they think about it as a strength, or they think about it being able to, to do something or to influence something. And in human terms, that's the definition of power. But in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are many variations of power that God very clearly states in the original languages. And so when you're talking about the power of God and you read it in the scripture, it could, in one passage, indicate one dimension of what God's doing. In another passage, it could indicate another dimension. And you can just read it, and, and I did as I did for so many years, and that's the beauty of the Word of God. It It, it is alive. It is God's eternal Word, and, and it does minister, and I'm grateful for that. But, um, you know, the, the thing for, for me is that um, as God has been speaking about this particular type of power, I recognize how, how important it is for us in this, in this particular season. And the, the dunamis power of God is, is, means this, very simply, and then we'll, we'll look at some of the ways it's applied, and then we're going to look at what's on this sheet. Because if you understand what dunamis is, then all of these verses with God nothing shall be impossible, suddenly has a greater meaning for you. And if it has a greater meaning for you, then you can, you can lay claim to it. You can receive it. So um, in the Scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's basically the same pattern. You have the power of God at the throne, which is what he wants to do. He rules over everything. That's a specific word, whether it's koach in the Old Testament or kratos in the New. And so that's the ultimate power. From there then is how God structured the the earth and the spirit realm. And he puts junctures of power uh, in place. And that's either the arche or principality. And that you deal with when you go into new continents or when you're dealing with the structure of the way things are set up in the earth. But God's power supersedes that. And when you're praying before God, he will give you an authority that moves throughout all of these. There are angels of God that are responsible for various dimensions of the spirit realm. There are angels of God that have been commissioned by him to move in power in in places on the earth, and there were some that he created, that um, that fell away. The rebellion of Satan. Satan was one of the highest ranking beings. His in 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 uh, when it speaks about Lucifer, that's that ter- That word is really Hillel. It doesn't just mean light bearer. It means someone that God would entrust his ways to. And then through the, through the span of time, very meticulously, that was fulfilled and God's ways were presented. And the ways of God, when they're all together, just like the colors of the rainbow, it creates white light. It creates light. And so the enemy had that authority and it was God given. And he served for a long time faithfully in that till iniquity was found in him. And then he rebelled and he was able to convince by deception a number of enemy, uh, a number of angels to rebel with him. That's a terrible thing, but those ones that fell, some of them were on this principality level, which is why the the apostle Paul said, "We wrestle not against flesh or blood, but against principalities and powers, and are rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places." and And he speaks about that. And thank God as we obey Him and as as we obey God, uh, God is tearing down these strongholds and he's giving authority. But that's the second kind of power that you deal with. And the Apostle Paul says we wrestle against those as God directs. So when you're operating on behalf of the throne of God and he's giving you dominion in nations and he's calling you to be his voice and his light in in regions and in realms, you know, you're you're going to come finally, if you're called by God, uh, to, to, to wrestle. I mean, there's a tussle. And you say, well, I don't know whether I believe in that. Well, first of all, that's in the scripture. The second verse that I would like to refer is when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Violence is a term that means taking position and not being pushed out of position. It's kind of like when we were kids. I don't think they play this anymore. It, probably is not really safe, but we would play king of the hill. And um, I know Dennis played that. He's probably pretty good at it. But you'd have one kid, somebody be up at the top of the hill, and if somebody could push him off, then they were the king of the hill. It's that same kind of a thing. And that's what uh, violence means. So Jesus said that. And so you, you take a stand, you stand in the gap, and you will not be moved. There are so many demonstrations of this, but that's That's really what warfare is. The highest dimension of spiritual warfare is not launching scud missiles of verses at the enemy hoping you hit something. It's when you are called by God to stand in the power of the cross and you stand there. And when you've done all to stand, you stand and you welcome the kingdom. That's the greatest dimension of spiritual warfare, because you've been ordered by God, you've been directed, you've faithfully gone, you've taken the stand, and no matter what comes, you continue to stand, because God will inhabit that, and God will visit that. So that's a dimension there. The next thing is exousia. It's an authority that's been granted in that chain of command that you can then jurisdict what goes on. And... um, Exousia is, is authority. It's divested authority. And from that then, from that then, comes dunamis. And dunamis is not just explosiveness, even though our word dynamite comes from it. Dunamis is function. Dunamis is, okay, let's take it in, a, in, the, in the best place. God at His throne ordained this to be this way. He set the structure up across the world and across the realm that things would be this way. He has given authority to His people to represent Him in this, and through them, then, at the direction of God, His function of what He created and what He wants to do would be done. And Dunamis is always a matter of function. So whenever you see dunamis power healing people, what's it doing, Louise? It's saying this body was created to function in this way, and the dunamis power comes, and it brings function again, and that's what we really want, isn't it? That's what we need. Now, cures are one thing, therapio, or therapy is another, but by and large, it's all dunamis, and it's function. You know, when when I go out to my car to go home and pray and study before I come back here, I hope that my car is functioning. And when it functions right, there's power. Uh, it doesn't just have power. It, it has, everything has to be working right for it to function. That's, that's a means of, of dunamis. And then the fifth power is when this is all done, And there is a spread of what God wants, megas. It's a spread. And that's the word that was used when Jesus said, greater works than these will you do, because I go to my Father. And greatest is megas. So what Jesus was saying is, I'm going to my Father, and if you are in alignment with him, you're going to see the kingdom established and spread forth. So that's the power. But we're going to talk today about dunamis. And um, there, is, there is a dimension in this month that we're honoring the Lord in, uh, an evangelistic expression of the two forms in the scripture that says an evangelistic mission works in. One is the working of miracles, and that's just dunamis. And the other is the grace remedies or grace eomai, grace cures. In other words, what God has wanted, it's fully cured now and it's working right. So, um, but those two work together, and and hopefully when we go and we preach the gospel in a nation, we get people to see this is what God wants. They come into alignment with with the message that God has given. They begin to function in the way they should, and they they then know his power, dunamis. Those two things happen, and um, so we, there's a lot of things that God says about dunamis and we're going to look at just some of them today and then we're going to minister this. Because again, it's already, you know, I knew we were supposed to do this uh, Friday night going into yesterday morning and I, I then got a word, the prophetic word from first Saturday and then I heard an evangelistic word this morning, the same verses. So that's two or three witnesses. I didn't need them, but it's good to have them. So I know God is releasing this. Um, I I believe that God is, is causing the principle of dunamis to be known in our network as we go around the world this year in a more profound way than we've ever known. And I also believe that there are going to be Because of that, demonstrations of physical healing in people, and that's going to happen here this morning. Uh, It already is happening. It's been proclaimed. And again, God has his time frame, and it's come to this point. But there's going to be a resolution of things in the spirit realm, resolution of things in people's lives. You know, the dunamis power of God can come and cause your life to function in the way it's supposed to. Uh, you, you know, we, that's what we really need. We don't just need Band-Aids. We don't just need treatment of symptoms where it's prolonged and, you know, you know you're you never really functioning right again. You're just getting a dole or a handout. Who wants that? We need to shake that mentality and be free and function. So I want us to start looking at some of these verses and the scriptures that we're going to be looking at reference Dunamis. Um, The first one is um, when Jesus said in Luke twenty-two verse sixty-nine. I think the the guy that broke the chapters apart was on vacation then. Is you got chapter sixty-nine, verse sixty-nine of of Luke twenty-two. If you had to memorize that chapter, that's that's almost you. you Psalm whoever got Psalm one nineteen lost, and uh, or won. and then this one came next. <laughs> they won because it's good, but anyway. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the dunamis of God. That's great. How could Jesus say that? Well, in the first place, he came to do the will of the Father. So he came because of what the Father at his throne said needed to happen. Now that's there, okay? Thank you, brother um he he uh, he came to do that, and he spoiled principalities and powers by what he did is a sinless life. He came to do that. The Bible says, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. He received that. So when he with those things being faithful, he went to the Father, it was going to the Father at the right hand, that place where the sons gather, that place where you are commissioned and he was given the the the, the amazing dimension to, to demonstrate the power, what God wanted for sons, what God wanted for the earth that had been hindered because of the rebellion. Suddenly now things were functioning the way they should be, and he could then distribute that function to all of us to come. And then finally, what we quoted early, earlier, uh, because he came there, greater works will we do. And the megas was there. So everything that Jesus did fulfilled that fivefold measure of the, the authority and the power of God. And so we need to know when we go before the throne of God that the function of God is there. I mean, it, we, we, when we commune with the Father and He speaks to us as sons, His power uh, is functioning. We, we don't lack anything, it's there. Now, look at what He said. And when he was was seated at the right of the Father, the next thing that happened was what God would do at Pentecost. Two chapters later, Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with dunamis from on high. Finally, there would be the church, the people of God functioning in the fullness of what he wanted. They were not under the law anymore. They were under grace and truth. They were functioning as God wanted. And I, I'm very, very grateful for that. And I know you are too. So we establish right at the front that Jesus is the one that made this dunamis power available for us. And it's it's more and more important, I'm sensing in this in this year, that we're studying from the Word, but we have to establish the fact that Jesus has won this for us. I remember when uh, a few weeks ago, when God told me we'd been studying a lot about the wisdom of God, and the Lord said, You need to speak about the wisdom of Jesus. And I said, Okay. And then again, it came. You have to speak about the wisdom of Jesus. And, it, and I was happy to do that, but the rationale for it was that the enemy was contesting what it was that God was wanting us to move forward in wisdom with. And the word should be enough, and it is enough. But when the enemy is being litigious and he's accusing and he's saying, you know, you, you shouldn't be given to Debbie Kay the, the wisdom of God. You shouldn't be given to George the wisdom of God. And, you know, all we have to say is Jesus paid for this. Jesus won the victory. And and that ends the argument. You know, the enemy thinks he knows the word just as well as anybody else does. And he does know the word. That's what he brought against Jesus in the wilderness temptation. You know, he quoted three scriptures trying to to insert what the, the written word was. And Jesus answered with scripture. So Sometimes the enemy contests Scripture. And I, I'm not saying that he wins. The Scripture will always win. But when God is releasing a new dimension of his authority and his power, the thing that we stand on most of all is the one who gave himself so that we have the right to use these Scriptures. Amen? Amen? The one who gave himself so that you might be born again. The one who gave himself so that you might stand before the Father redeemed and to live as a son. That one, before every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, that one is the one that we declare. This is his work. And so I knew today that when we were talking about dunamis, that we need to establish that our Lord is at the right hand of the dunamis of God. And, and that he, when he sent and birthed this church, we would be endued with the dunamis from on high. And so the Lord has done this. Jesus has done this. And because he has won that victory, all of these things that God is saying... All of these things that are in the Word, which we cherish, all of these things that we are being taught and are, are learning the nuances of, every one of them is not simply a matter, as sweet as this is, of studying. Not, it's not just a matter of laying claim to a promise. It's not just a matter of being able to teach something, even though those are all wonderful. It is our right and our privilege because Jesus has done this. Amen. And that's what we stand on. That's what we stand on. And His blood empowers this. His blood empowers us. I was so grateful for the songs about the blood this morning because I was just writing yesterday about how they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the logos of what they committed themselves to do for God. And everything we are is through those two things. It's through the blood that has empowered this. Jesus has done this. And it's through what he's commissioned us to do that we've given ourselves to. That's where our supplication is. That's where our prophetic words are from. That's where our authority to go forth as God leads us is from. So they overcame the accuser through the blood of the Lamb and through the word, the logos, of their testimony. So... It's Jesus and us for the Father. And we declare that today. It's a wonderful thing. So as we're empowered by the dunamis of God, we need to look at some of the verses that aren't necessarily translated as power. And you may not realize just when you're reading King James or whatever translation you read that it's really talking about dunamis, but it is. And we need to see this today. So let's look at what Gabriel said to, uh, to Mary in Luke 1, verses 36 through 38. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she's also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. With God nothing shall be impossible. Now, in in the uh, Greek New Testament, what this really says is with God, A Denario. Sounds like an Italian name. Ah, denario. Uh, but really that means. With God, um, nothing will be called without dunamis. Let me say that again. With God, nothing will be called without function. With God, nothing will be called without power. Nothing will be called without the possibility of fulfilling what God created it to be. That's what Gabriel says. So he, in his declaration to Mary about the virgin birth, says that when the angels move and when they recognize in heaven uh, that with God, function is what he looks at, and nothing that he created will, will ever be deemed to be without function. That's something for us to see, and that's something for us to to recognize. Now, Jesus said this same thing uh, several times in the New Testament. We're going to look at a couple of them. One in Matthew 17, verse 20 and 21. They were talking about the, uh, the little boy that was demonized and the, the nine disciples couldn't cast the devil out, and so Jesus came down and brought freedom. And Jesus said unto them, you could not cast out the devil because of your lack of faith. Unbelief, it's lack of pistis. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith, what God says at the right hand of the throne, as a grain of mustard seed... You will say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible. Hear it again. Nothing will be without dunamis. So whatever God wants, whatever God created, whatever God desired to be, if you are before his throne, and he has commissioned you to represent him, and if that seed looks so small in the face of everything else, Um, but you have it. You can say to this mountain, be removed, because your mission cannot be stopped from its function. You know, you talk about the grain of mustard seed, and we talk about how that's the smallest seed. I have somebody years ago gave me a mustard seed. It's, It's in there. They also gave me a widow's mite. It's in there too. So I have two really small things in my office from the Scripture. But it's a matter of perspective. To an ant, that mustard seed looks big. Um, for us, it looks small. For God, we look small. But if you have that faith from God, from His throne, and it's deep within you, and you know that's what God's called you to do, the mountain of opposition, you can say, go away, and the function of what God has called you to be, will be. Because with God, it is inconceivable that something that He gave to you to speak life to, or something that is there that is obstructed or hindered, it is inconceivable that dunamis cannot flow there. If something is blocking function, with God, nothing can block function. If something is standing in the way of what God has called you to do, with God, nothing can stand in the way of that function. And really, when He looks at your life, when He looks at your body, that He created you fearfully and wonderfully to function in, nothing should be able to stop or stand in the way of that function. This is what God says. And this is what God wants. So with God... Nothing is off the table as far as function is concerned. So, you know, and the world will tell you, oh, yeah, it's just impossible. You know, Mark was talking earlier about the illnesses and sicknesses and the torment that's there. You know, I think in the medical community, two things that are just difficult to hear is, well, you know, a misdiagnosis which just wastes time and wastes money, and con- it's confusion. And when they say, there's really nothing we can do. I don't know how many of you have ever heard that before. You know, what's going on with you, we don't have a solution for you. you just going to have to manage it. And really what that is, is a lack of function. Well, when God looks at it, he doesn't say, well, you know what? It's, it is what it is. It's just not functioning. There's really nothing we can do about it. And um, we need to remember that. You know, I look around this room and I, I see people that I love who I know you've been told, well, you know, you've had a good run, but this will never work the way it was supposed to anymore. You just have to manage it. And that's terrible. It's, it's terrible. With God, nothing will be called that. With God, nothing will be called that. You know, I know that this is, this is an imperative word. This isn't just a teaching. We're focusing this month on these principles of the, the grace cures, the, the gifts of healings, and this dunamis as, as we go forth, because it's what God wants. It's what we need uh, in order to bring the apostolic message, which is what the evangelistic gifts do. They set the stage. They pave the way. So it's supposed to happen here. But with that, as much as we've said, there have been been ridiculous assignments and attacks that have come against people, not only in their body, but in circumstances and in, in situations. And it seems like, in so many ways, suddenly things that should function don't function. And you, you think, why? What is that? Why why is it that this isn't working? Now, we know sometimes unclean spirits are involved there, and they hinder and they block. Uh, that's what their title is. They block, Akatharos. They, they break the proper flow. But, you know, the enemy loves to, to bring things that, that you think you're, you're told, well, this will never function. It'll never be right. You know, I'm sorry. Your kid's just so screwy. You'll never straighten out. I'm sorry. You know, your circumstance is just so bad. You know, you'll never get a job. I'm sorry. You know, your your life was so bad leading up to this that you're just, you're just messed up from here on out. And your whole life is just going to be a series of handouts. That's a lie. That That's a lie. You know, Recently, I'll just tell this, and and I have to, I have to make myself vulnerable to you, because we're gonna all overcome, and it's it's just gonna be victory for all of us. And I I struggle with, I struggle with life. I don't struggle with it, you know. I deal with life just like all of you have to deal with. And um, you know, I I testified a number, a few months ago about what happened when I came back from the last journey to France and I had I had was considerable bleeding and um, I went twice to the doctor and, you know, just to, to verify it wasn't out of fear. But, you know, if you, if you have a relationship there and you've dealt with situations, you just go and respond. Why is this happening? And in both instances, we, they say, well, we don't know why it's happening. We don't know what to do. You're just going to have to tolerate it. That's disgusting to hear that. You know that? And these are top guys here in Dallas. It's not Uncle, Uncle Joe's medical advice that operates in the back of the car wash down here. You know? And when I walked away from that, and I something came over me as I was walking down the hall, and I thought, that's not, that's not right. And I, I went into the boys' room there, And suddenly I recognized I was free, and I was free, and I testified about that, and that was a wonderful thing, and I give thanks to God every day for that because that was a dunamis touch from the Lord. And when I went back for the follow-up that they scheduled to me, they said, we can't find anything. We don't know what happened. And I said, well, I know what happened. And I'm not sure my my wonderful doctor, who's an agnostic Jew, really believed what I said, but it was there anyway. What what was he what was he gonna do? Um, here was what happened, they had the results, and here it's not here, so what do you do? So, you know, I was flying back from Brazil. And um, when I got off the plane, I recognized that I you know, we had this great trip, you know, it was really powerful God said things and I started getting these red marks on my face and I thought what in the world is that that's just crazy so I ignored it for a while and so I thought well it's probably just a simple thing you just go and get some cream or something so I went to the dermatologist and they pronounced one thing over me and that didn't work and then I went back and they gave me another thing and that didn't work and then I went to another guy and he said well it's this and you know, you use this and, you know. And then and then they said, and it's been a long string of stuff and I'm just so over it. And I know it is an assignment against what we're doing in South America. I'm not in fear, but it's just irritating. But what they say is, well, there's nothing we can do about it. You're just going to have to manage it. I know you all have heard stuff like that before. And and it's 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 not with God, nothing is that way. Nothing is that way. And and the question is: Are we with God? Or are we not with God? Because if we're with God, nothing will be called a dunamis, a dinario. And and so um, I'm believing that God is going to clear up a lot of these things in your life. It's not just physical healing. This is not, hey, look, there's a lot of areas in life that things need to be functioning better. Amen? You need clarity. You need breakthrough. You need a cure, not just a, a prescription. You need a cure. You need something to be settled. And so God is, is, is doing that kind of thing because this is what we are um. This is what we're being called to represent around the world. And so it's, it's almost like, um, you know, we've prophesied this, God said it, it's going to happen. And over and over again, uh, we've believed for it. And, you know, sometimes God lets the enemy come in one way before he flees in seven. And you've got to stand and re- resist the enemy, and he will flee in terror. And that's a word for all of you, this adenario. You know, God wants function. And it's part of the throne has commissioned this. We've been given continental assignments. We've been given authority. And now this juncture that really releases to people and releases to situations the kind of explosive function that then causes them to say, yes, God is in this and we're going to accept this, and we're going to establish it, and it's going to grow. That's why Jesus, whenever he he worked miracles, it wasn't just so he could show the power of God. It was so that he could show the validity of the message. Think about this. What was the passage that was submitted yesterday? What was the passage that Mark spoke about this morning? It was when All of these doctors of the law and scribes came to this one place from all those cities and towns to hear what Jesus was teaching. Do you know, you want to talk about a miracle, that was the first miracle. To get all those guys coming from wherever they lived to hear this prophet and to deduce what he was saying, that is an amazing thing. We don't know how many there were. But it said all the villages and the towns. So there were a lot of them. And they weren't there for a healing crusade. They were there to hear what he was teaching. And what was he teaching about? The forgiveness of sins. That's what he was teaching about. And it was in that atmosphere that the dunamis of God was present. That the dunamis of God was present to cure. I believe that's eomai, oh To cure. And to bring a resolution. But it was for those guys there. Jesus, well, he knew everything. But none of them were anticipating this guy coming with, on, a, on a pallet and being ripped, the, the roof ripped and the guy draped down on ropes. That must have been a presentation. That was better than the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, that was happening but the, the, the power, the dunamis of God was present to bring cures and resolution long before that guy showed up. It was for all of these people who at the end of the thing said, we we have seen the glory of God manifested in ways that we've never seen it before. They use paradoxa to describe that. and And so... this this man was healed, and he said, is it easier for me to say your sins be forgiven, which is what he'd been teaching about, or to say to this guy, rise up and walk? And who did he say it to? All of those doctors of the law and the scribes. That was the setting. It wasn't a healing meeting uh, in the scope that we looked at. That was the setting. And you know, we're going to have to know that the, the dunamis of what God has given us in the message of sonship, in the message of the saints, in the message for their cities, in the message for their nations, we're going to have to know that that dunamis is so accurate and true that we speak it forth in power, and God is going to release, as he did with Jesus, signs and miracles that showcase the fact that what we're saying is true from God. So, I I think that's very, very interesting. So there are three times in the the New Testament, three different ways that this is regularly used. And, And here we have a derivative, adenados. And the first one, and Jesus said this three times in the New Testament, Mark 10, verses 25 through 27. It indicates a change in a person's life to where they become meek and hungry for God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished, out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then is able to be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is adonatos, but with God, but not with God, for with God all things are dunamis. So the first measure of the function of God comes with people who say, I will be what you want me to be. Jesus said this more times than he said this. He said it about this more times in the New Testament than he said it about any other thing. So the most important thing is a person functioning in the way God called you to function. And there are lots of things in life you say, well, I'm not rich, so I'm safe yeah you kind of are rich. First of all, you live in the most the richest society ever been known in the world. But we all have stuff around us. We all have stuff. You know we may not have some of you may not have much money, but you still have stuff that you enjoy. And so all of us are rich in some way or another. And the issue for us is whether we'll say, You know, these things are wonderful, they're blessings from God, but I'm going to lay them down so that I can come into the kingdom. I'm not going to just get rid of them. I mean, it's a matter of perspective. What's more important to you? The meek will inherit the earth. Someone who's strong and well endowed with the things that they need to be, but they're willing to submit themselves to do what God wants. So Jesus said... You know, you want to talk about the the, um, the the greatest dimension of dunamis? It's when somebody who has a bunch of stuff says, I'll lay that down and I'll go through that eye of the needle and I'll enter the kingdom. And that's what God says. With men, you're not going to find that. Who, I mean, who in their right mind, if it was just in this world, would say, you know, I got all this stuff, but I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm just going to live a weird life. Now, you know, there have been people, the Waldensians in in France, this guy decided he was going to be a pauper, and he set this big thing in life, and you know, some of the monks and people like Francis of Assisi and all, and that's great, but for the most part in the world, that's not the way things go. You know, I I doubt that Les this week's going to have a guy who calls him and says, you know, I've got a multi-million dollar investment portfolio, and you know, I'm just going to lay it all down, and I'm just going to give it all away and be a pauper. I mean, I don't think you've had many of those calls recently. Um, So with the world, that's just not the way the world thinks. But with God, that's the greatest measure of dunamis, for us to say, we'll do that. So you qualify there. Second one is about physical healing. Acts 14, verses 8 through 10. Now this is a weird thing, because Paul and... um, his entourage had just been threatened. Their lives had just been threatened and they were warned to get out of that place. So they come here to Lystra and what happens here happens and then the people at Lystra, they get stirred up and they actually stone Paul. They think he's dead. So on both ends of this miracle is, is a stoning. You know, they were stonied. Acts 14, there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, and impotent there is adenados, which meant that his feet were not functioning, there was no power in them, and he was crippled from his mother's womb, and he had never walked. The same heard Paul speak, and Paul steadfastly beheld him and perceived that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. Impotent. I heard a joke about that. I'm not going to say it this morning. It's pretty funny, just the word. But this is this guy, he, he, it shows he had no function. His feet were there, but there wasn't any function. And that was a shame. From his mother's womb, he was that way. How terrible that was. And, and so then Paul, preaching, looks at the guy and says that, and the guy jumps up. And that's an incredible thing, isn't it? It's just incredible. Now, so you had the first one was a change in our who we are. Second one is Healing. And the third one is here in Hebrews 11, which we have called, most people call, the hall of faith. And, you know, all these people listed here in Hebrews 11 did things that nobody else had done. And so we're going to look at just some of them here between verses 1 through 6. Now, faith, what's at the right hand of God, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What, is, what does that mean? well hope remember is when god in 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 a deep place in him imparts a seed of faith into you and that's that's the substance faith brings that substance it's in you it's part of you and the evidence is when you are looking around and you see things that the natural eye is not seeing but yet you believe like abram did Abram believed God, and and God said, it's righteous. Abram looked up at the sky, you remember, saw the stars. He had no children, but he believed God, and God said, that's righteousness. So those are the two things, and that's faith. That's that's the father of all who walked in faith, and, and it's right here at this hall of faith. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaks. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible, adenados, to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, you, you cannot please God. Without this, this walking with him, communing with him you don't produce that pleasure in god's heart that was created to know that only through you isn't that a wonderful thing so this is god saying if you come before me and you know me at my right hand and you're willing to accept this this assignment that that will please me and, and, and really please me. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you if you don't do this. It doesn't mean that God won't bless you if you don't do this. We're not confusing terms here. Pleasing means pleasing. And so if you really want to please the heart of the Heavenly Father, you then become as someone that will hear what He says at that right hand and do it. And that's important. Because without walking in this way, that function of God that is so precious will not be known to you. And I want to know that, don't you? I want to feel that. So I I proclaim these things today knowing that God wants us on this first Sunday of February to receive the... The dunamis power of God, that things in our lives and in our bodies, in your body, would function the way God has ordained it to be. This is what this means. We're not making this up, we're not twisting it so it preaches in the, the, the confines of what we're wanting to say. This is what this means. And function needs to happen in your life. God wants to cause you to be gainfully employed. God wants to cause you to to know the meaning of life. God doesn't want you to be somebody that is just struggling from hand out to handout. He wants you to be somebody who is functioning. God doesn't want you to be struggling with sin. He wants you to be his son, and he wants you to overcome. God doesn't want you to be laboring under a pronouncement by the medical community that you're just going to have to tolerate things. You're just going to manage it. It's not going to get any better. It might get worse, but we'll be there to give you pain pills. God wants to restore you to what he wants you to be. And, you know, God wants you to be functioning in what his calling is. So if there's any opposition to what God has said, that needs to be removed. If there's any opposition in your personal life that keeps rising up to try to keep you from serving God in the way you're supposed to, that needs to be removed. And if there's any part of your body that is not functioning, that needs to be removed. And if there's any opposition, a mountain in your pathway or some kind of obstruction, that needs to be removed. If there's any kind of hindrance to the miracle that God wants to fulfill in you that's never been done before. That obstruction needs to be removed because that's what dunamis is. With God, nothing shall be called without power, and without function. Nothing. So what in your life have you maybe called that? It'll never be. It'll never function. What in your life has that been believed by you? What has been told you? Well, you know what? You're just going to have to live with it because it's never going to get any better. It's not going to be the way it should be. You need to be free. Because with God, he doesn't think that way. Now, I don't know how God's going to do this. I don't don't think uh, anybody knew how this guy with the impotent feet was going to be able to leap up and walk around. I can't explain how God's going to do it any more than I can explain how your heart is beating right now. I can't explain how breath is being drawn into your lungs. I can't I can't explain how that function happens but I'm grateful it is and I know you are too but these things in your life the dunamis power of God wants to release so what we're going to do now is you know it's been it's been talked about it's been declared but we need to act on this for our physical life today. And I, I'm, I'm going to ask that we, um, we stand in agreement with people this morning for, um, for the dunamis power of God to move in your life, in your body, in your calling, in your ministry, in your family, in your, in your, in your finances, in whatever your emotional condition is that you would function in the way God wants. Amen? So the power, the dunamis of God is present to bring that cure today. And uh, it's been declared twice and a third time, so in the mouth of two or three it's established this is what God has said he's going to do today. Amen? Amen. So I want everybody to stand, please. And I want you to um, go to somebody, and, and and I want you to either take them by the hand or lay your hand on their shoulder, and we're gonna we're gonna pray, and declare. You can go ahead and go, go ahead and go, walk and listen at the same time. Paul "Lord, protect this triumvirate over here. I come against that cold." I command it to be gone and null and void. It will not spread into my daughters. And it will be lifted from my wife in Jesus' name. And it's not coming nigh me. All right, I want you to just begin to declare the function of the Lord. You can say the power of God into that person. You just declare it in the way that that you feel God is, is speaking to you. Okay? Come lo passi pericolo? Lo vedi, 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your power into this place. You have stated today that you wanted to do this and that it is your will to do it on this morning. It was confirmed apostolically. It was confirmed prophetically. It was confirmed evangelistically. And so we know that you didn't need to say it in all those ways, but you did. And here in this house, and here among these teachers, we proclaim it again. And I speak over this point of agreement in this house and throughout the places that are joining with us across the world. I speak... The function of God into your life. I speak healing into your life. I speak deliverance into your life. I speak freedom. I speak clarity. I speak provision. I speak encouragement. I, I come against whatever mountain there may be. That has stood ominously against you moving forward. And on the basis of what God has said to us, I say to that mountain, Be removed from these people. Go back into the sea. Go back into mankind. But you will not be among this people. You will not be among our brothers and sisters. I speak life. I speak. Freedom. With my God, nothing will be without power. I speak power, function, restoration, life, health, cure, vitality, proper function. Lord, I speak into people's ears that they would begin to hear. I speak into people's uh, blood that, that the proper... Measure the chemical balance would be right. I speak into people's knees and their, uh, their their joints that there would be function. Lord, you can do this, and we speak it forth. We speak function in Jesus' name, and Lord, I just thank you. Um, I thank you. possibility, don't you? Bev and I are the only two that are alone, so I extend my spirit to Bev, and we're in agreement. I speak health, victory, the dunamis power of the Lord into your life, and I receive that same declaration into mine, and I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, let us walk in this now. Let us not accept dysfunction. Let us not allow it to creep back in and say, well, you know, a lot of good that did there, you know, you're still limping along or still can't hear. You know, don't, you'll cast that stuff down. Don't let it come. Don't agree with it. In Jesus' name, you were made to function, you were made to be free. So be free in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you today that you're visiting upon this house and upon all this people and upon this network of saints. I thank you, Father, that you are visiting these gifts that set the stage for the apostolic message. I thank you that the dunamis power, the working of miracles, literally dunamis, would function in us, through us, and on behalf of your message. And I thank you, Father, that you are elevating the walk of grace through cures which is what gifts of healings are lord your grace and your dunamis let it be in us let it be through us and let it be as a result of what you've called us to do so we establish this firmly in this house we establish it firmly firmly in this movement we establish this firmly in every person who's part of this network and we establish it firmly ongoingly into the places that you're leading us to minister to throughout this year and beyond. And for this, Father, we thank you, for we ask it and declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's give him thanks for this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We're not as the nine lepers who walked away and didn't give thanks. Thank you for this, Father. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. Fellowship one with another, and we'll see you this afternoon.